Good morning. Welcome. It's a brand new day on the lead live. And I'm excited for today's show. I'm looking forward to it all week. The great and powerful Rachel Fitch is here. And we're going to have her tell us some great stories today. Because she's a master storyteller. I got questions for her. And uh, before we get that, let's get started with our, uh, our the show start. The lead is brought to you by Pint and Cloud Brewing Company. Our good friends over at Texas Country Advisors, Gilbert and Andrew. K-Pub, safe, reliable, and yours. Peterson Health. Kerr County Abstract and Title Company. Wild Birds Unlimited. Greg A. Richards Law. And Fitch Estate Sales Gold Cup Pond and Central Pond. The Fitch Empire is here tonight, or today, this morning. Looking forward to this show. And here we are. Well, good morning, everybody. Once again, I'm Louis Amostoy here on The Lead Live on a Wednesday morning. Rachel's uh, here with us. Let's turn this. For a reason, this slider like wants to turn up and turn down and on and on and on. All right, everybody. Listen, here's the deal. Uh, I want to before we get Rachel to restore order here. I gotta just take a moment. I gotta take a moment to give you a breakdown of what happened last night. Look, I don't usually um, leave meetings early. Right, because when I, there's a public meeting, I try to stay for the entire public meeting. Last night, I could not take it anymore. And you know, increasingly, I feel like I, as I get older, I like I, I like I'm dinner starts to become an issue. You know, like I start thinking about food. You know, and then if, if it gets past eight o'clock, my wife's like, "Well, you shouldn't be eating past eight o'clock. You know, that's not good for you." Um, also, I think I'm I'm trying to pass a kidney stone again, so that's that. So I was uncomfortable. And uh, the meeting was driving me crazy. Here's the deal, folks. Um, there are people in this world, I've decided, who just want to, like, make noise and not do anything productive. And that's what happened last night. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. Um, somebody predicted that George Broody would speak seven times in the meeting, and that was exactly what happened. When I left, he spoke five times. And then he spoke two more times. I think George's main purpose there is to be a contrarian. He'd be great in a parliament, parliamentary situation. You know, he'd get up. Oh. He made arguments yesterday that made no sense whatsoever, and they bogged the meeting down. Now, George Brewery's not on the city council. He's, he's a gadfly now, right? He's just one of those guys who picks at stuff. And the problem with that is is that it's, it, it's not productive. And, and yesterday he took uh, the city council on a ridiculous absolutely ridiculous journey on voting or on the election. George argues, and he got Roman Garcia to back him up on this thing, which was another ridiculous moment in the city council meeting, where they were like, okay, listen, here's the deal. Our city charges, you have to have two years on the city council. And that's those two years in the city council, you're breaking a little charter in the state constitution. There is a cognitive disconnect for some people in this community, in this country, to that matter. Uh, uh, and 
the cognitive disconnect is that we had a pandemic, right, that everybody freaked out about. And rightfully so. Like, we freaked out at the wrong time and didn't freak out at the right time. You know, it was a mess. Governor Greg Abbott has extraordinary emergency powers, whether you like it or not. And people across the country are asking themselves, do they want their governors to have these kind of powers? He had the power to essentially um, void out or move the elections till November, right? Now, in, in Texas state law, from what I understand, it says that, you know, before 2016, you were supposed to either have your election either in May or November, and you had a choice to move it. Greg Abbott suspended that, right? Kerrville's had its elections in May for whatever, for as long as I can tell I looking back at these records. Not in the general election. So when the, when the governor, using his emergency powers, suspended some of these provisions in the election code, also in the water code as well, that essentially moved the election to November, right? The city had a council resolu resolution to say we're going to move to November. It was a one-time only thing, right? And here's where Ken Paxton, the attorney general of, of the state of Texas, who's under indictment, so you can say whatever his deal is. But what he said to the city of Round Rock, who tried to say, well, we can't really run our election in November because it violates our city charter. He's like, mm, no, sorry. You're going to run your election in November because those elected officials, you can't push it back to, to, to May 2021. You'd give them a year of unelected service. Okay? So, so this is where the cognitive disconnect comes into, right? So the, the pandemic happens, which to some people just doesn't, it's not real. It's not a real thing. Didn't happen. Didn't exist. People didn't really die from the pandemic. I get that. I get where you're coming from, you know, because, you know, we just don't know. They died of or died from. Um, but here's the deal. What they said was that it's a one-time only thing, okay? So that what it meant was that Brenda Hughes is not going to get a full two years in office, okay? And what? It, but if you went and said, we're going to push this election to November, then you have another problem that these guys don't talk about. And this is the ludicrous waste of time that we had to sit through last night. Well, I'm I'm following the state constitution. No, you're not. You're creating a you're, you're creating a headache for everybody else because you're just grandstanding at this point. I'm just I mean it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous behavior that we had to sit through last night. It's not productive. It's not helpful. It doesn't move the city forward, you know. And uh, it was it, it it was exasperating. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. Rachel Finch is over here. She's like, shut up. I mean, let's talk about my stuff. We have all day to talk about your but, stuff. Hey, but you know what? Yeah. I get that. I mean, I, I've, I've been in uh, frustrating um, council meetings where I felt like there was just a lot of rhetoric going on. Oh, yeah, and so that's what happened last night was there was, just, there was just rhetoric. I've done, it, I've done them, in, you know, and I think sometimes in, you know, board meetings across mm -hmm. the world that that does happen. Sometimes you get um, uh, naysayers, negative people, and they – um, swim in those dark waters. And yep. It's just, and honestly, there's always going to be a contrarian somewhere. That, that's literally, and, and, and there, there's this, the space that I always take when um, I'm put into situations like that, yep. where, and it's so frustrating because mm -hmm. you, because you feel the, um, the, um, 
bombastic attitude and the right. Right, you just feel you can feel all of it. You can feel you can feel you can feel all of it, and you can be and, and, and it just doesn't. It's not productive. Right, but you know the, the some of it is um, achieving what they want. Right, and that is that negative space. Right, it's the negative delay and stall tactics. Yeah. So that's what we dealt with last night, and in the end, it, it, it failed. Right, the city council voted four one to continue the election in May. And the point being is that what's 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 not thought about here is that the fact that if you didn't if you extend that election to November, that would basically extend unelected the terms of Judy Eichner and Mayor Bill Blackburn into into November, another seven months basically, right? Or or or, or six months, right? And Blackburn was like, Look, I've been on this thing for for forty eight months now, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Done with this, you know. Yeah, what do they get paid? This is like 25 bucks. 25 bucks a, 25 a month or something oh. like that. Yeah, I mean, right. Th- to tell you the truth, I mean, what um, what rock stars, truly they all are, because that is so much time oh, and it's commitment. Re- it's a lot of work, to especially to be a mayor. Oh, yeah. I just, yeah, for 25 bucks. Right. Uh, and, then, and then last night at the end, uh, there was other stuff that happened, too. But... The other one that happened was the public safety building was was put forward on the bond. It's going to be $45 million. And then it was really interesting, too, because then you had the people up there who are just the naysayers again, you know, it's the, the let us vote people who just generally get it wrong all the time. But the most interesting one was Barbara Duell, who was on the committee uh, to look at this thing, gets up and says, well, I didn't sign off on this $45 million thing. And I was sitting next to John Harrison, and I thought John Harrison would come out of his chair at this point. I mean, he was remarkably calm. He got up, though, and he said, look, here's the deal. I think you guys just need to pass this thing. It's really important we get this thing done. Um, and there were some questions there, like, well, why are we doing this all in one thing? You're giving the voters this one choice to do everything like this. Well, listen, here, this is the thing, right? This project has been a, a, a priority of the city for many years. I agree that the city council or the city staff did not communicate this thing competently, okay? I, I had to do the public records request. And this was, was funny. was Barbara Duell was up there saying, well, the media reports are this and this and this. And I'm like, well, I don't know who she's talking about. She didn't be talking about me because I'm the only one that reported this thing. The other two uh, outlets in town didn't bother to report it until I actually went to the council meeting. So um, I'm the one that reported it, and I'm the one that got the public records request. Um, done on the on the original the original plan, right? Which was that essentially, if you read the plan, and she didn't read the plan, was that they didn't have a plan, right? Basically, all of the plans they had were crappy, and that they really needed to to do more work on what they were going to build. And then another lady got up there again, and this has been said before. I've had this on the record numerous times. She was like, "Why didn't you build it over where the our homes are going to go?" Well. Here's the deal. The police department was adamant in its opposition to that location. Adamant. Because they felt like it was not serving the community correctly. They wanted to be in a position where they could get across the river, they could be downtown, they could be in the core of the community, not out on the loop, right? Which will grow, and they'll need to have a substation out there at some point, I'm sure. But they didn't want to have it out there. Like, what part of that do you not understand? Why are we still talking about this? Ugh. Sorry. That's it. 
That's all I got. <laughs> How are you today? I, I wanna. I kind of feel like I need to hug you. I know. You know. Well, because you know what, I, I finally, I finally just couldn't take it anymore. I had to leave. Well, and and know, Joe. That's, that's good. Joe because Herring you was know, here. You, know, you never can get in trouble. Yeah. By leaving. I know. You're right. Yeah. It's right. only. It's only when you get yourself all worked up. And I know. Well, you know what? Um, now my now my now my oh, now your back hurts. Now my back hurts again. So so uh, I actually um, know a nine one one dispatcher. Yeah. And I ask them uh, like, hey, what do you think about? It? They're they're like desperately needed. Desperately needed. And so when you talk when you think about like what like the bottom line is mm. is that if you just think about well, just pick one. It's always everybody always picks one thing, right? Right. right. So pick that one thing. Yeah. That you want to be able to. Um, get help to people who need it as yep. soon as possible. And exactly. So, yeah, I get that. And so, I mean, that's the thing, right? Too. If you go into there and you see, uh, if you watch, if, if you go into the police station and you see the, the, the dispatch area, right? It's at the end of the building. Essentially it overlooks the free or, or the, the road it overlooks Sydney Baker. And it's incredibly tight. Um, and you're like, uh, and when you, there, there was interesting 60 minutes of the thing on Austin's kind of EOC emergency operations center and, and dispatch center. I mean, it's, it's, it's huge. And there's these big cubicles for all their equipment because you have multiple radio systems. You have, um, you have redundancies have, redundancies to, be have place, to be in place. Right? You have, you have plenty of, uh, you have big screens you have, cause you have mapping software you have to get to. Uh, there's a situation board they have to put up there and all this is pretty tight and um, and the other part of this too is that you know because of all this equipment the IT department um, is is sort of 75% of their work is done in in those in that building so they, they're constantly helping out the police and fire department with their IT issues so it needs to get done. It does. You know? It totally does. And, it, and it's like, well, you've never had a purpose-built police station in the history of the city. Um, the police station was previously back over here where the bank is at. Yeah, and it's currently in the old bus station. It's in an old bus station. And then I think the, um, the telecommunications used to be like down on uh, uh, Sydney Baker. Yeah. They and moved it. And yeah. so it, it's I just one, it. it's one of those things where... It's, it's, you know what? Here's the bottom line. Yeah. Nobody likes spending money. No. <laughs> you know? And, um, you know, it's, it's it, it, but it is a part of our, it, you know what? Here's the bottom line. It's going it, to, it's going to go through. We're going to get a mm -hmm. new building. We're gonna yeah. all going to be happier for it on the other side. We just have to um, deal with the big bumps in the road. And sometimes that's just by getting along. Right. And there's a lot, um, it just seems like there's a lot of adversary right now in our, um, adversarial relationships really. well and that and the thing about it is is that you know there is a uh, there is a disconnect in my opinion of like the discourse is so loud right sure. and right you know it's like well we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna do one up and gamemanship and right there were some things that Roman Garcia for instance has said previously that I don't disagree with like he he offered this idea like maybe we should try a ranked choice voting system on the city what's the most important thing and what if we did this plan or, you know, on the financing? What if we asked for this amount of money and this amount of money? My concern always is that the truth of the matter is, is you look at inflationary costs and you look at potential ri rising interest rates. The question gets down to, is $45 million enough for to build this building? And I, I'm trusting that the people that were on the committee, which are a lot of smart people, 
right? You had John Harrison. Uh, you had former city man, uh, city council member Gary Cochran, uh, Lane Guerrero. I mean, you had guys, with, folks with some deep experience in in commercial real estate and marketing things like that. So I felt like they had some really good information ahead of them. But I don't know. I mean, it it, it it's also part of that we're in, we're one of the things that Barbara Duell was like, well, we're a small town. Like, yeah, but. Yeah, but I, I moved here in 1993 mm -hmm. compared to. <laughs> right, compared to then, right? <laughs> you know, right. that was uh, almost, well, it was almost 30 years ago. And it's changed a lot. Oh, my goodness. You know, but you know what's stayed, never never wavered? Right. Taco it, to go. It's, oh, Taco to go still been there the whole time. First place I ate in Greenville. Is that right? Uh, I've been there a few times. It's pretty good. Come on. You got, listen, I'm telling you all right now. I know there's people that are like, you know, taco's a thing, right? Uh, yeah. But if you eat the carne guisada with the green sauce, uh -huh. it's life-changing. It is at, at Tacos to Go. Taco to Go. Oh, boy. Okay. That sounds pretty. What was Taco to Go before it was Taco to Go? I don't know because I it's literally. Always, it's always been in, Taco to in Go. In my heart, it's always been Taco to Go. All right. Uh, here's a question for those old-timers out there uh, who have who've lived here for many, many years. Uh, uh, what was Taco to Go previously? Now, I there bet. used to be a church where Walgreens was. Did you know uh, that? No, I did not yeah, know Yeah, there was a church there. They, they tore that down. Uh, huh? Where Tractor Supply, that was Walmart. Yeah, yeah. A um, couple of comments I want to get to real quick. Uh, good morning to the following people. Uh, good morning, Brenda. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning, Michelle. Natalie. This Natalie person. Good morning. Whoop, whoop. I don't know. Oh, she says, hi, Mama. Uh, Andrew Gay. Uh, good morning. Uh, good morning to Andrew Amber, Amber Thomason. Good morning to Sandy. Amber, Amber's, uh, she does my insurance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sandy. Sa Sandy holds my soul in her hands. Right. Uh, she can crush me. She can uh, love me. Here's what I do. Here's <laughs> what I do a lot of times when, um, if I want to, if I just want to just do this, this is like the, become the thing in my household. And that is Sandy <laughs> laying down the law. She's, so. a, she's the best. She really is the best. She is absolutely the best. Uh, I got into birding because of the Wolf Mueller's. Yeah. Your birding is uh, on point. <sighs> you got you to gotta post some of my pictures, man. I know. I send them to you. I so know. That, yeah. I, know. I, I, have, I actually have them. Now, so. let me tell you what happened. I did not follow. Is it Kevin's? Is he? At Kevin. The, yeah, right, Kevin's yeah. advice. Right. And I did not get the bird warmer. Oh, uh, really? The, what, the uh, water warmer. Total mistake. Rookie. Rookie. <laughs> rookie move. And, uh, yeah, my water froze. And so the birds were like, peace out until you yeah, get your water back, your water lady. back in there. Yeah. What bird um, fascinates you the most? Which one do you enjoy watching? You know, actually, the one that kind of cracks me up is the chickadee. Is that right? Because he's kind of a, uh, you know, like a scared bird. Right? Yeah. It comes, it gets the seed, it goes back. I got to go. <laughs> I got to stay, gotta stay away from that bird feeder and all those crazy birds. The one that irritates me the most, of course, is the European starling because they're like big and heavy. Yeah. And they just like, they're so aggressive the right. way they eat everything. But yeah, I'm totally a birder. It's, uh, I, I literally, I was like in, um, you know, in retrospect, you always think, like, what can I do to better my life? Right? Yeah, right. And so it's like less drinking, more birding. More birding. And right. it really does help me. I like find I, it. I, I so love I love going over to John Standy's place. But you can drink and bird, too. Uh, yeah, right you can there. drink and bird. At their place, you can drink and bird. <laughs> and it's actually usually better. It's more entertaining a lot of times. But, I love um, it. I bet, you know, when you go over to their place, uh, I'm always fascinated by cardinals. Yeah, they're, they're the they're ones because I just don't, you know, being from California, you don't see them. 
And so every time I look at it, I'm like, look at that bird. Look at that. Look how yes. red that, that bird is. It's I know. It is, it is a beautiful bird. Now, um, now uh, John Wolfman will say, well, they're just dumb. Th- the last time I was in here, yeah. um, Kevin was speaking to someone uh, that's not uh, from Texas. And it, her family's property somewhere, they had... Um, they were green. Oh, it was green jays. Green it was, jays. It was. It was, uh, it was yeah. actually Phillips. Who was and I actually looked it. and like kind of researched. That was pretty interesting. Yeah. And There's the, a they're, blue jay and a green jay. Yeah, and the, gr- so, and it, yeah. the green jay is is just weird. Look, it's crazy. Looking. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's beautiful color. bird. Super, really beautiful. super beautiful bird. So, uh, um, anyways, so yes, so um, I'm here today to talk about like Fitch Estate Sales, really kind of all the crazy cool stuff that I get yeah. to do. You get, you've done some really. Uh, uh, You've done some really interesting things. Like uh, I love just going to. I love. I was. I was. On, I actually say I was on your Facebook page this morning, looking at all of the cool things you've been able to sell, and I got going down some rabbit holes. <laughs> I mean, what is that like to kind of get something and to go through someone's kind of life? So here, like, here's the craziest part about doing estate sales. So I think I've probably done over a thousand estate sales in my career yeah. at this point, and you know it all started. Right here on Jefferson Street. Right. My first estate sale that I ever did was in 1993. It was the white house that used to stand where the plant house is. Okay. That was the Beeler estate. And uh, Nathan was like um, eight or nine months old. Okay. So Nathan is now, is he 30? Wow. Yeah. You have a 30-year-old kid. Welcome to the club. So do I. It's awesome. It's awesome. Awesome. And I have a grandbaby, so I trump you. No, I got two. Oh, shit. Oh, sorry. Gee, many Christmas. All right. (laughs) Here comes the FCC. Okay, mine's mine's really cute. Yours is really cute. Gosh, I uh, watched him all day Sunday. And, uh, you know, it's interesting when you you have grandchildren, then you start thinking about, like, what your legacy is, right? And what you're going to give them and what what they're going to have in their lives because of what you did to do so much work. Right. And um, I am 100% one of those people that I love what I do. Yeah. Uh, I, my favorite day of the week is Monday. Okay. Because I get to go to work. You get to go to work. I mean, like Sunday. We had a theme song for you. I know, but you can't do we it. We can't do know? it yet. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. I got yeah. I got I got to know. So it's a song um, by uh, a, a group called Dirty Heads, uh-huh. and the song is "Vacation." Right. And the first line of the song is, and you probably if you you know if you've ever been on TikTok, you've heard this song. Yes. It says a a a. I'm on vacation, right? Because every day is good. Because I love my occupation. Right. Right. right? Yes. I'm gonna see. If I, I'm gonna see if I can uh, find it. Yeah, you're gonna shut us down yeah. here. You're gonna totally shut us down. Hey, right. I did a great rendition of that song. You did. You did. Okay. It was great. So it was everybody great. Everybody knows that song. But you're, so your 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 first your first big sale though was on was was this old house. Yeah. And there's kind of a connection here with Pint and Plow. Yes, because uh, I was talking to Jeremy, who owns Pint and Plow, one day, and and I said, uh, I said, yeah, my first estate sale was in this white house that used to be right there, and he was like. That's my house. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, we moved that house off that property right. and took it out to his place. And I was like, oh, and I was like, oh, those big closets. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was a fun connection. And I loved that. Um, that was an awesome estate sell. What was, the, what was the thing that kind of made it 
interesting to you? I mean, just w- there was. Um, were you were you sure about this going in that this would be no, a business? No, this is my first one, right? right. Were you like, I were you just, nervous? Were listen, you? I was just being a hustler, right? I was yeah. like, I'm gonna make some money because I'm gonna help these people clean out this house. That yeah. was the whole thing, right? But there just happened to be a lot of cool stuff in that house. Like, what was the coolest thing? The mobile signs, the double sided mm. porcelain mobile signs with the Pegasus. Right. Those were pretty amazing. Uh, so, as I understand it, that was the Beeler estate. And Mr. Beeler used to work for Mobile here in Kerrville. And so, you know, they probably were like, oh, that's the old one. Let's put the new one up. And so yeah. he'd take the old one home. And uh, there was also a lot of tramp art at that house. What was interesting about it is that house was built like in 1900 or 1901. And it had generally, you know, for 100 years basically, right. so, till 93. Uh, been the same family wow and so it had all this crazy it was a time capsule and it's interesting to me like how many things people can people can you know collect through the years and oh gosh yes well i mean listen everybody nowadays we have so much stuff right yeah uh there's actually a um you know a a real a real thing a, a movement about minimalism right now right and um and I've actually had customers hire me that are moved into that space because they went on RVing. Yeah. So people who go RVing really become minimalist. Right. Because they really yeah, have. Yeah, because you can't take all of the stuff you want to have right, with you. Right. They get right. it down to like what what is what I call on a. So when I help people, you know, um, emotionally sort things, yeah. right? When they walk in their mother's home who's passed away and their father's been, you know, passed for years and they're like, how do I do this? How do I make these choices? And I always tell them, use a scale of 1 to 10. 10 is, I have to keep this no matter what. It makes right. me cry to think I don't have this item in my life. Right. And then move back to about an 8. And an 8 is, I, you know, I love that. It's, you know, it, it brings back wonderful memories. That 8, 9, 10 space, that's what you keep. Right. Okay? RVers only keep 10s. Oh, really? Yeah, they really get down to it. And, um, but you know, most people, when I walk into an estate cell, uh, I went, when I went to an appointment the other day in Fredericksburg and, uh, this was a family multi-generational been around since, you know, late 1890s right. house was built and it was just, you know, it, had, it was great grandmas and it was a grandmas and then it was mom and dad's and now they have it and they were completely overwhelmed with what to do. And so I gave them the scale, mm-hmm. and then I said, open the cabinet, take out what you want to keep, close the cabinet. Yeah. Open the drawer, take out what you want, and then let me come in. Right, right. So you just you just pick it and remove it. They're like, well, we don't know what's in the drawer. I said, well, then just take your time to go through the drawer, right? <laughs> take your time to go through the closet so you know what's there. Right. Because the thing that I think people have fear of is that there's something rare and fabulous is going to be uncovered by me, my company, yeah. and that we're not going to give it to them or right. let them have it or whatever. But the reality is, you know, most people already know where um, there's only really four places that has extreme value. That's jewelry, mm-hmm. uh, coin collections, uh, firearms usually, and then maybe a, a rare painting or right. something. And right. that's really kind of the, the the core of what is valuable in a home. I heard a story uh, just the other day, and one of these typical stories you hear, you know, once every once a year or so, where somebody had had a at a garage sale sold something from the 16th century that ended up being worth, you know. Oh, the the, dur- the durer yeah. that um, was found. Uh, I think it was like a, um, I actually had that article up. 
I, I, we, we, in the in some of my uh, Facebook um, groups, yeah. we're all like, oh, please let us not be that company. Right. <laughs> right. Please let that company that sells that piece. So um, it, it was... Because um, you really have to kind of know... Massachusetts. Okay. okay so um, in 2016, this gentleman... Uh, kind of, he was kind of a, he liked art. Yeah. And he picked up for $30 right. an authentic Durer. Wow. And the Durer uh, was small. It was only like a, I want to say it was like an eight by, six by eight, or it was a little bitty guy. Little tiny. It was a little bitty thing. Right. And it was um, a sketch. And I'm trying to see what the measurements were. So he paid 30 bucks for it. Well, you know, pre-sale estimate right now, 30 mil. 30 million. Yeah. Wow. No, yeah. That has gotta hurt. Um, I saw a thing here. Here's the here's here's a list of it. Um, the top twelve yard sale treasures of all time. Uh, a rare baseball card um, that he bought for a hundred bucks, sold for ninety two thousand um, dollars. One of a small painting um, was worth a hundred thousand dollars. Paid thirty five dollars for it. Uh, let me see here. Two paintings bought for a hundred dollars. Ended up selling for $133,000. Folk art po- uh, pottery. Um, so sometimes pottery can be. Or yes, pottery you know. can be. You have yeah. to, um, so one of my biggest mistakes I ever made, mm-hmm. which I made um, probably about 15 years ago, yeah. uh, was a piece of um, Newcomb College pottery, okay. which is made um, in New Orleans. Right. Uh, at uh, it was And it was made by uh, women potters that made this in this um, at Newcomb College. And, uh, yeah, I sold it for, I thought it was, in my mind, I thought that it was early Royal Dalton, which had this kind of a blue jean glaze on it. Right. It was just a little mug, and it had a little saying around the outside of it. This, and this one right here says um, that uh, um, the one that they, they had <laughs> the most, this is crazy, a Fresno, California person bought a box, two boxes of photo negatives of a garage sale for $45. Ansel Adams. Ansel Adams. Yeah, I've heard of that one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I believe yeah. to be uh, Ansel Adams from... Uh, yeah, is it? Yeah. Uh, that was worth... $200 million. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you my favorite, my favorite thing that I found in lieu of Valentine's Day... Mm-hmm. Uh, coming actually i did um uh and her name is ann jack so this was her in-laws and i'm sure ann wouldn't care me telling this story because it's pretty awesome and so we were um doing that cell and there was not much up in the attic right but way kind of in the back corner of the attic there was a box and so um you know we kind of climbed back there and you know they they had no idea it was up there and we brought it down and it was the war love let- correspondence love letters between her in-laws. Oh, wow. And um, they didn't know they were there. And it had they stayed up there, they probably would have deteriorated. They probably would have never, never seen them. But we yeah. found them and were able to give them to them, you know. And that was, um, it was pretty beautiful. Uh, you know, I've actually found a lot of war correspondence in my um, estate cell. You know, I've been doing this for almost 30 years. And it's always so... Um, heartbreaking mm-hmm. uh, yeah. sometimes because you know they didn't know if their loved ones were going to come back during World War II. The worst ever I found was the prison correspondence. Oh really? Yeah, wow. yeah. During um, the Vietnam War. Oh really? Mm-hmm. That was. That's a good. That's a good story. Yeah, but oh man, it was I like bet. to read some of the letters. 
uh, was just like, you know, I may never see you again. I love you with all my heart, you know. The conditions are really bad. Yeah, oh, yes, yeah. conditions are bad. Right. I'm sick right now. I don't know, you know. And, um, but he did make it out, and he did. Um, and he I did have the letters between my grandfather and his brother. Uh, my grandfather was stateside for most of the war because he worked for the phone company before the war. So he was in San Antonio, and he was working, and then he got shipped to California, or first Missouri, then California, when he, went, when he finally went into the Army. Never went overseas. But his brother was driving tractors onto, like, Iwo Jima, and, you know, he, he saw combat pretty intensively for two and a half years mm-hmm. straight through in the Marines. And his letters are fascinating because he's always, like, because he's the older brother, he's telling his, my, my grandfather, the youngest of the family, well, make sure you go to the gym. And make sure you do this and make sure you do that. There was no discussion of the absolute horrific things he was seeing or doing, you know. Well, probably just needed that normalcy, right? right? I just needed to be a big brother. I didn't want to talk about all that horribleness. Um, My grandmother, uh, who will turn 100 uh, at the end of the month, um, has a collection of letters that men sent to her because she was single and available at the time and kind of kind of wild i think uh <laughs> that um and some of them are there uh, one of the guys was a cartoonist so it's all his world war ii cartoons of like dif- different scenes of, of oh, cool yeah it's very very cool so I, I do i do i you know that that's one of the things that i've you know i find um you know the 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 fun the, people always ask me like what is the coolest thing you've ever found yeah. and you know i i, I vacillate like so because there's in the moment that item is the cool item what but here, here's 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 an ulti playing on that thing of the, the the prison the prison story what is the most heartbreaking thing you've ever found well um not, not to just add some heaviness to the story i don't know show. i don't actually i mean things you think there's like wow that's that's tough you, you know, know this is the way I always look at it. Like, you know, we're humans. Yeah. So there is sadness. And usually the sadness right. comes from uh, the condition of a home. That the family has not been allowed or has um, not put effort into uh, improving the condition of the person who has since passed. And right. so the house can be extremely dirty sometimes and things like that. Right. But I don't see that very often. Yeah. Um, usually when people call me, they've already kind of gone through the house and they're ready to, you know. Uh, you had know. one where, the, where they were sort of like, kind of like pre-planning their, like it was a pre-estate sale. Like oh, they, sure. They uh, were, we, call they were those, both we call those living estate sales, which is kind of an oxymoron, yeah, right? right? But it is. It's, it's when people, so an estate sale essentially is when people are, Taking their, you know, household mm-hmm. and disassembling it, right? right? Right. And so whatever that can look like, it can be, you know, moving to assisted living, and I'm still alive, yeah. and I still have my some cool stuff I want to take with me. Right. But most of it I need to sell. Right. And in those spaces, that's you know that's a living estate sell. And I, I've I've always uh, people insist like put that it's a living estate because they don't want people to uh, assume that they They're, have they've passed, are, they've away. Already passed away. Right. right. And so. Uh, but most estate sales are, I mean, you know, you can have an estate sale because you divorce. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done estate sales because people went bankrupt. Yeah. Um, but 95% of them are just because someone's passed. Someone's passed away, right. And so uh, we have an estate sale next weekend. I think it's next weekend in River Hill. Uh, or 
yeah, I think, and, and, I, and of course, you can always go to our website, FitchEstateSales.com. And on Wednesday afternoons, when we post, if we have a sale, mm -hmm. and we also are going to send out, you know, an email, kind of what's going on. We do not have a sale this weekend. We are, um, today's Wednesday. Tomorrow, we are celebrating Natalie moving out. <laughs> Natalie moving out of, of, of wait. estate sales, oh, right? So she's moving again. She did, right? Okay. So we are moving, um. Here's the, here's the website, by the way, just so you guys yeah, know Yeah, so scroll it. up there. Yeah. yeah. There's a little preview section. Right. Oh, preview. Yes. Yeah, so there's no preview picture. Oh, wait. Though. Oh, there it is. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah there it is. No see, sales this no week. No sales this week. Right. But, but you can you, sign now, up. Now, go back up and see that beautiful. Oh, look my at God. That. Boy, my I gosh. Up. Man, I can clean you, up. You, you look fabulous. <laughs> a little makeup. And, yeah, that's not usually what I look like. <laughs> Uh, but we had, um, we, we know we have a good, we have a good calendar right now right. where I'm really trying to, um, uh, do really, uh, higher, uh, better quality estate sales. Um, I just kind of feel like I've earned it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, you know, after I, 30 years, I, I mean, think that the, some of them, like uh, I was looking at your Facebook page earlier. I mean, there's, I mean, there's so many, there's kinds. so many different ones, yeah. but I mean, you're right though. I mean, the ones that you're doing are really high quality, high end. Yes, we do. We do great estate sales, but the other thing that we do at Fitch Estate Sales. And so if you've never been into our store, uh, I encourage you to go to 233 Earl Garrett, which is, uh, what right. It used to be right next to Wolf Mueller's bookstore. Right. Uh, now there's a, um, a new store, um, little, kind of a, Kind of a metaphysical antique mall, right? There's two of them side by side, Zen yeah. and Alchemy and then uh, Fairy Moon. And then Slate Gray is closed. And so I'm just kind of over there on the end. Yeah, Slate Gray, is anything going to go in there? Um, word on the street. Yeah, word on the street. Word yeah. on the street is that something's going in there. But I don't know yet. But um, we, we moved all the clothing out to the of the boutique uh, portion of our store. And it's now at Tomei Boutique, which we is on... 824 Water Street, right. and so tomorrow Natalie is having her grand reopening, and uh, she's you know she, that girl's on fire. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm so proud of uh, all of my children and how hard they work at their perspective. And Natalie, you know, um, you know uh, Tomasa O'Hearn was like, okay, I got other things I'm doing. Yeah. She has like 45 jobs, I think, right? I mean, she's almost as busy as you guys are, it seems like. I have taught her to be. You've taught her to be. Yes. yes. And, uh, you know, it's um, I'm extremely yeah. proud of her yeah. and the way that, you know, you can kind of do it all. You can you can diversify. I mean, I raised my children. I did estate right. sales. I've, I've had lots of hats that I've worn. But fortunately, I'm kind of finally, uh, like I've been telling people for a long time, I've been packing my snowball. Yeah. I've been going up that hill, <laughs> packing my snowball. Sometimes it disintegrates into powder. You know, sometimes it's too wet. Maybe it becomes right. ice. But I've been packing my snowball, and I really feel like I'm within. There's, there's a lot of synergy right, right now right. in all of our companies. I mean, I do own uh, the pawn shops here in Kerrville. I own Gold Cup Pond in Central Texas Gun and Pond. I own Fitch Estate Sales. Uh, Natalie and I are, of course, we own Tomei Boutique. Right. And um, and Gold Cup Live, which yeah, I think is Gold Cup Live, which yes. is one of the. I always hold that up as one of the best stories of pandemic pivoting. That's that was out absolutely there, you know? uh, during you know uh, literally just went live on Facebook, just yeah. kind of like we're doing now, yeah, right? right? It's it's but w uh, with merchandise, but a lot more profitable than James Avery. Probably, yeah, I'm gonna say. You ever, you ever, you know, you ever watch? <laughs> what are you selling over here? I'm not selling Liz? nothing. I'm selling myself. <laughs> when you when you watch Natalie, though, well, I, I love watching Natalie. Um, she, I like I just like to watch her 
Uh, she's just so well versed. Okay, in the listen, product. she is lightning in a bottle. Yeah, I mean, right. she is she is great. But my, you know, uh, we've hired some more people. Yeah, we have uh, two new employees. Uh, I mean, like th- things are things are happening, and I'm you know reinvesting back into my company, and I'm trying to buy um, the properties and uh, kind of you know have it all. And I mean, the reality is, folks, is that you know I came from nothing, and I you know work really hard and. Uh, I love working. I love um, I love being able to uh, do my do my part for my right. you know. Right. Uh, let me show this real quick. This is um, this is uh, your last estate sale that's on your Facebook page. This was in Hunt. Yeah, that one was fabulous. Ah, you were oh. okay. Yeah, he's. We're, we're <laughs> that was amazing. That was, that was amazing. It was amazing. So uh, that was a one hand grab yeah, of, the right. of, of the monitor. Okay, that was up. good. Right. I like it. That was good. Uh, which now, means now you look. Now, now, now <laughs> Camera, what you got going on with camera my camera? Two's, camera two's now gone. So look at camera that two down. Camera, camera two's down. <laughs> uh, but this is uh, in Hunt. Is that right? And this yeah, is it was in Hunt. We, in that house, sold, we sold out. We sold everything in that entire house. This is an amazing house, by the way. Yeah. I mean, it's being torn down. Is it really? Yeah. It's going to be the bigger one. They're going to put a bigger Rich house? people. Oh, really? <laughs> Love it. They're McMansioning it. <laughs> no. Uh, That's going to be their guest house. Come oh, really? Come on. Yeah, uh, come on. But look at some of the stuff in this house, though. I mean. No, nope, wrong house. Wrong. This is another house. That's Which, a different house. This is a different house. Okay. Yeah. But this is the kind of stuff, though, when you go through this, and just kind of just, just kind of flipping through things. This is a rug. Rugs. So that this, is a, this house was on Mountain Laurel. Okay. And okay. Uh, that was fabulous. There was so much fabric in this house. Really? It was like they had taken creations and just dumped it inside. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was fun. That had a lot of stuff in it. It was lots of, I mean, like spinning wheel. There was a beautiful set of uh, some beautiful rugs in that house yeah, too. Yeah, that was a cool. That was a cool set. Lots of lots. Look of at that. They're all etched glasses. Oh. A little mask. Yeah, just keep scrolling. Are you just on Facebook, just checking out? I'm just. That's what I'm doing. I have checking. no idea. That's a big old. Oh, that was the Christmas room. Yeah, that's what we called it. That's what we called. It. When we set up um, the spaces. Uh, like if you'll notice that there's just black tables in there, and right. really not a lot of furniture. We be- usually disassemble the beds because you know, like what what I. Uh, that would be in our house. Is that Christmas just got put away in our house, and it took, it took. So we had to we had to bring in people. To, Ryan and you know. I yesterday went to to. Um, I have a storage building mm-hmm. that I keep like tables and cases and you know stuff right. for estate sales, and I uh, we went there yesterday, and I have six James Avery cases still in there, wow. and uh, ten boxes of uh, Christmas stuff. <laughs> right, that's amazing. <laughs> You know, I had a I had an interesting conversation yesterday with uh, uh, last week with a woman uh, who worked at James Avery. Uh, who's now selling cookies of all things. Yeah, well, you know, see again, I am a like she's got her hustle, right? Yeah. So she's got her job and she's taking care of her family. Yeah. But then she's got her thing, and so what she really loves. Yeah. Is making cookies. Well, and it was interesting was that you know <laughs> I, when I first went in, I first met her, I'm like, eh, I don't know, this seems like a, but then I really met her, you know, then I really got to talk to her. And it was really fascinating how she was applying. She had worked for James Avery for 23 years, starting on the bench, hammering out metal, things like that, and then moved up to managing the precious stones. And she's just like, look, at the end of the day, this is my my words saying it, but at the end of the day, you know, it's just like James Avery. I'm, I'm making a product. I'm manufacturing that product. I want that product to be really, really good. Right. And uh, I was like, you know what? And she, she applied it toward 
towards herself. Her cook- herself. Cookies, yeah. And I was like, she can be fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she no, gets I it. love that. You know? So here's the thing that most people do not know about me is that I did my first estate sale in 1993, but I was only doing, you know, two to three estate sales a year. Right. And then maybe, you know, five years later, I was only doing like three or four. And it was a, it was more of like a glorified garage sale. Yeah. I call it fanny pack and folding table. Right. Okay. It wasn't what it is now where I have, you know, um, credit card processing and you know we all wear uniforms and yeah. you know everything is um, I mean it's like a retail experience you yes, have like the checkouts down right? yeah and right. so it evolved into that right. but the other things that I have done in Kerrville building up to where I knew that where my heart and soul's effort needed to be mm-hmm. was in estate sales right. really in the the selling of secondhand goods right. okay and so what what I did before that is I sold Cadillacs and and Chevrolets at Cecil's Okay. I worked at Moore's Home Furnishings. Yeah. Um, I worked uh, um, uh, with Margie Jaton selling insurance. I um, uh, worked for Air Evac selling uh, memberships. Memberships, right? I uh, vital. Yes, I. Um, I. I mean, I've just done so many things. Um, Natalie says that one of her favorite stories is that you guys found silver in a hidden staircase. Yes. That was. Have in you ever found any hidden rooms in a house? I mean, have you ever find that kind of? Oh stuff? my gosh! Yes. Oh, really? Oh gosh! Really? <laughs> yes, and it was horrifying. Really? Okay. Yes, this is a good story. Okay. All right, so I'm gonna tell Natalie's favorite, which is this cell we did. <coughs> excuse me. In uh, in Dallas, we did a an estate cell, and the house was really hoarded up, but yeah. it had fabulous stuff in right. it. Right. And. There was like a, um, the house was like mid-century, and so it had like funky stairs yeah. and funky angles here and there. And there was a, um, it looked, it was a planter box, but it had been covered with a piece of marble. Okay. So as you kind of went up into the entryway to my right was this planter box with a piece of marble on it. So I just thought it was like a little shelf. And so I'm cleaning it, and there's like a piece of paper that's kind of like tucked underneath it. So I pull the marble back to kind of release <laughs> that piece of paper <laughs> and when i did inside of it was cash sterling silver wow. and thousand dollars in rolled silver wow and wow. i mean face value so it was you know 20 30 grand i guess That's something amazing. and that would be today's value is cheaper than but it was so fun and then to be able to show the family like hey and this was an interesting part so the two heirs were not related to each other. So the, it was a husband and a wife yeah. who each had a nephew. Okay. So these two guys are not related. Right. Except right. by marriage. By marriage, right, right. Right? And right. they're not real. Like, that's their aunt and that's their uncle. Right. But they don't. But they don't. But right. they are not related. Right. Uh, in by blood in any way. And so they didn't really like each other. Yeah. And so I called the one and I said, hey, I found this, this treasure. Well, well, tell me what it is. I'm like. No, I'm calling your cousin. I'm, but you weren't really cousins, but that's what I called him. And so I had them both standing there when yeah. I revealed it. And they were like, it was pretty awesome. And they're like, what do we do with it? And I was like, we sell it. Yeah. Do you <laughs> ever so, get into that situation? I mean, I mean, we have a lot of little conversations oh, come here. On. With, uh, with the heirs, you know. You know what? It Yes, of course. It's mm-hmm. just like city council. Yeah. <laughs> right. right, right. You just have differing opinions. You know, Opinions, different motivations. Well, you have different motivations. This is kind of always the way I feel about a contentious estate sale situation. Is that whoever is 
um, you know, being the adversary is has unfinished business with the deceased. Right, right. That is almost 100%. Yeah. They just, you know, they didn't, they weren't talking to their parent. And so they're kind of taking it out on their a sibling or mm-hmm. cousin or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, um, unfortunately, greed um, does happen. Uh, I've seen it, you know, very firsthand. But usually it's, um, you know, loving siblings, grieving, you know, the beloved parent. And I'm looking to, and I told my, my um, you know, I tell my clients that they, when I have an estate cell, that I, you know, they can totally be there. They can come yeah. and go when the cell is being set up. Right. But the day that the public shows up, they have to leave. And I tell them that. And uh, Cause it would be hard to see someone, you know, the public going through and yes. picking through their stuff. Yes. You know? Yes. That's so, exactly what yeah. it is. And I had a, a customer uh, or client one time and I was telling him this. And he was like, I'm totally fine with it. You know, my mom has been, you know, passed for two or three years and, and I'm totally good with it. <clears throat> and I was like, okay. I said, let me give you an example. And he's sitting there, and he knows like cowboy. And, yeah. and I go, see this rocking chair right here? And I'm going to put, you know, 50 bucks on this rocking chair. Right. No big deal. It's just a rocking chair. But your mother sat in that rocking chair, and she was reading her Bible. Or maybe she, held your, maybe she held your son and read him a book. Yeah. <clears throat> and he right. starts crying. Yeah. I said, and so you can't be at the estate cell. You can't cell. be at the estate I hear you. you I just, get that. You just can't do it. You and, know, so. and that's the thing, I think. When I remember last time I went to one of your estate cells. I remember going into the, the person's bedroom, which was spectacular. But also feeling like, you know, I needed to be respectful. Yeah, no, that's it's sacred well. ground. I, yeah. It really is. I mean, yeah. but when when I move into the retail space, when the mm-hmm. public shows up, yeah, I have to sell this stuff. That's my my clients have two objectives. Right, they want to get as much money as possible, and they want to clean the entire house up, yeah. have it empty, have and it that's empty. why they hire me. Yeah, you know, and I have you know I'm uh, I have I'm bonded. I have insurance. I my everybody that works for me is my employee. Yeah, I don't do that under the table stuff. Right, you know. Um, the uh, other part of this, you know, is y- your journey has been with the pawn shops too. There is always been sort of a stigma to pawn shops. Why is that not true? Why is it? Why? Well, well it's not true in, in my store because you, you, your store is welcoming. And, and well, yeah. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. I I tell people this story all the time, mm-hmm. especially if they're in my pawn shop and maybe they're down. They're having a you know a bad day and right. they're having to pawn something. Right. I pawned my own wedding rings at the pawn shop I now own. <laughs> because you wanted to have, was it was Christmas presents? Is that what it was? It was I think it was, act, I, it was around Christmas, but yeah. I think it was for gasoline oh, wow. to get to Austin. Uh, my in-laws lived uh, in Austin, yeah. and it was a few days before Christmas. Because right. we still have the, uh, the original ticket. When I, when I bought the pawn shop, uh, Nathan was in there. We're learning the pawn system. And so he like, you know, typing in random names and he types my name in and he like looks over at me and he was like, mom, you, you pawned, you pawned something here. And I was mm. like, I was like, oh, did I? I was like, oh yeah, thanks. So. so I was my wedding rings, right? And he was like, mom, you had to pawn <laughs> your wedding rings. And I was like, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. And so I have this little phrase that I say, there's no shame in the game. Right. Okay. And what I mean by that is taking care of your family and doing what you have to do. It's just a moment in time. So pawn is the easiest way to get a loan. So you go, you come to a pawn shop and you bring your guitar, right? Or your gun or your necklace or your bracelet or, you know, your purse. And, you know, I look it up and I see that it's worth, 
um, let's say $500. And so I ask you, how much do you want? Well, I'm not going to give you the full $500 because that's what it's worth. Right, right. right. So I go, okay, well, and you say, uh, I'd like to get, you know, $200, $300. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll pawn it. I'll pawn it for that. And especially if you pawn with things before and you've come back and picked them back up. And so then you have 60 days before you have to make a payment and make an interest payment. Right. And then when you, when then, uh, so if you, you know, borrow 200 bucks, you're going to pay me about like 35 in interest until you can pay me 235 in one time. Or, and I always tell my customers this, or every time you come and make a little payment, maybe you don't have, but you just have 10 extra dollars. Well, give me that 10 extra and it takes that total down. Total down, right, right. And so then you're paying less interest on uh, on the money that you borrow. But the pawn industry though, I mean, you always end up you always end up getting interesting things too. I mean, Well, of course. Yeah. And and I will also tell you that my pawn shops are spotless clean. Yeah. They're, you know, run by professional Gold people. Gold Club is really nice. Central is too. Yeah, have yeah. you ever been I, in Central? I've not been in Central. I, I've okay. seen the mural. I'm going to encourage you yes. to go into Central because right. that's where the most of the guns are. Yeah. Yeah. And um but you know, I always think of it like this. The man or the woman that's you know has a sleepless night mm -hmm. and they're frustrated because they you know are trying to make rent right. utilities are going to get cut off i mean it's usually just it's something really important right and the next morning they decide you know okay i'm i'm gonna pawn my gun do you see that with like i mean has that been the case like maybe during covid you see more people pawning or no no just about, about no. the same no, it was way less. Way less okay. during COVID, people pawned. I think the stimulus checks helped people helped a lot. Helped a little yeah. bit, yeah. No, right. it really did. It helped. Helped, but but that guy that or you know woman that struggles and they show up at the pawn shop the next morning. In my book, that that guy's a hero. Yeah. You know that woman's a hero because they're taking care of their family. Right. And pawn has no recourse. So the, what I mean by that is it's not going to hurt your credit. No. You don't. You know, and you know people. Are, well, you know, only poor people pawn. Uh, no, I, people pull up in their Porsches right. and. And pawn. Right. And then sometimes that happens because they're like selling a piece of property and they can't get any money out of the bank because they can't pull their credit. So they need, you know, they need, you know, they three or four thousand liquidity. dollars. So right. they'll come and they'll pawn their Rolex or pawn a gun or, yeah. you know, and they'll, some really high dollar items. I mean, I had a lady one time who pawned um, about $20,000 worth of firearms. Wow. And wow. you know she came and got them after her the um, her property closed. And she came back and got them and yeah, it was you know wow. yeah. And so it's not always like oh it's just these down and you know down on their luck. No, no. sometimes people just need some money to to maybe because because nobody knows right? right. That's the thing about pawn. If you're trying to come up with some money to for the down payment of your house and you're you know a few thousand dollars short, pawn your stuff because nobody can see it right. I, I don't know that I have anything that's any, of any real value. That's my problem. Oh, uh, well, let's see. Uh, you got two Apple uh, laptops. I have, here. You six, gotta, I have six Apple okay, computers. Okay, yeah, well, then you got, got something. I got some stuff, so right. So your, your, uh, your soundboard over there? Yeah, I got, How about your cameras? Yeah. Uh, wait a second. Let's back I've up. Got, I've got, that's true. I've got, <laughs> You'll be out of business, though, I've right? Got, uh, oh, yeah. I've got, uh, my wife doesn't know, but I have, I think I have eight cameras now. So. Oh, does, does she know now? She Is she listening? Know. No, she doesn't listen to the show. Oh, man. She's like, Somebody no. tell her. I know. I'll, I'll, Lewis I'll, has eight cameras. Sandy will tell her off the bat. <laughs> She's like, what? No, uh, I love it. But, you know, uh, again, you know, and it's and it's not like this, you know, oh, no, you're going to be, you know, having your head hung low. I mean, it's it's not that scene. Right. I mean, the truth is my pawn shops are beautiful. They are and they're beautiful. clean. Yeah. And there's not that, you know, you're not going to wa walk in and it's going to be all smelling of gasoline. Right. And, you know, now there are pawn shops that I won't go into. Yes. But that's not the ones in Kerrville, okay? Uh, I, I remember where I worked in Bakersfield, California, that 
they had this like a pawn shop row basically, you know, and it was downtown. And usually you had to kind of navigate around a naked, naked homeless guy to get to them. <laughs> and then they were like, you know, they were like kind of like old jewelry stores. So they had sort of that weird sort of funneled entrance. And then they had these massive gates in front of them. And you're like, do I really want to go in there? I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, it was almost like uh, the uh, the Ray Charles scene from uh, Blues Brothers, you know, like it was back behind the counter with his gun, you know, ready to go. I don't know. I've never watched Blues You've Brothers. never watched Blues Brothers? No. It's all right. You've never watched a million shows. I could. I know. I know. Okay, so yeah. The blues. So I married an axe murderer. Right, what about that? Oh, one? I've seen that one. Okay, okay. Oh yes, that one. I, that one has that one. Has, that's a cultural classic. Yes, it is. You know why it's a cultural classic? Because Mike Myers is because, amazing. Because Mike Myers is amazing in it, and Anthony LaPaglia. Yes. Who we don't hear from anymore at yes. all uh, was you know you don't really of, hear about Mike Myers either. Well, because Mike Myers, you know, kind of fell off the you know did some dumb stuff himself and fell yeah. off the face of the earth. But uh, the scenes where he's making fun of the kid's head, of course, he'd hit move your head, and, and he's in a Scottish accent. Oh, so I think that's all improv. Uh, it and, is, and of course, Lepog- it is because Lepoglia is legitimately just cracking up the whole yes, time. Yes, right. No, it's that's a that is I, you know there's shows like that. So there's anyways, movie, there's there's movies like that that are timeless. We digress. We digress. Okay, so let me tell you what one of the things that's uh, really cool. Tony Fontaine, uh, Tony Fontaine Jenner wants to know if she can pawn her ex husband. And Brenda Hughes wants to know if she can pawn her parrots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't take anybody breathing. If we have to feed them, we don't pawn them. <laughs> we don't pawn okay? them. Okay, yeah, that's, yes. that's the rule. Right. No dogs, no cats. No dogs, no, no cats, right. No, but um, I did want to tell you, uh, because one of the things that I want to always include in my show yeah. on Wednesdays, on Wednesdays yes. is the price of gold and silver. Oh, okay. So right now, gold is $1,828.40 an ounce, a pure ounce, and silver is $23.15. I'll make sure that we have a graphic that shows us that every yeah. time. Yeah, wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. And yeah. Um, But gold and silver, that's, you know, that's such a fun, fun, fun thing uh, to, because it's, you can get a lot for it right yeah. now. I mean, it's, it's so high. Gold is, uh, it's still uh, obviously a good investment, obviously. I, you know, silver is your better investment. Really? There's more play. Hmm. There's more play in silver. Interesting. Yeah. Why? So I mean, think of it like this. Okay, so gold is trading right now at 1820-something. Yeah, right. And all-time high was like 1940, something like that. And um, I'll tell you, stand by. I'll tell you exactly what it was. The all-time high of um, gold was uh, oh, tw- 2063. And that wow. was you know last year. Right. Uh, and um, silver's all-time high um, was uh, like forty dollars, something like that, almost fifty an ounce. And um, now I'm not talking about the Hunt Brothers eighty. I'm talking about you know ten years ago. Right. And right now it's only twenty three. So you have more growth in that area. It, yes, right. to get to the right. to the high end of it. And I believe. So I'm a big believer. Like if it hits forty dollars again, that's when you sell. That's when you sell. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's right. that's me. Right. I think you sell all your gold right now. Yeah. I mean. It, to be trading in the eighteen hundred to um, two thousand dollar, you know, an ounce range is insanity. Right. Especially when, um, like, I've had people, you know, come in and bring me, you know, Krugerrands they bought for three hundred dollars. Right. <laughs> you right. Know? Right. Like, exactly. Good job, bud. You good, know, yeah. good job, bud. You got yeah. that one. You got you that. Got that one worked out. You got that. One it's funny out. how, like, with some <laughs> of those things, like, it's just the timing of things. Yes. And you know, we also buy. So, so interesting that we were talking about the stigma, right? Of um, 
a pawn. We also buy and sell and and you know gold and silver at Fitch Estate Sales. Yeah. So much less intimidating, mm -hmm. right? Uh, but I'm a precious metal dealer also at Fitch Estate Sales, right. and so you can come in there and sell me your gold and silver, and of course James Avery, and we pay premium for right. it. And so um, our locations uh, for Fitch Estate Sales are at 233 Old Garrett downtown. Right. And then uh, for Gold Cup, it's across from Walmart. You know, Gold Cup Pond, Gold right Pond, next right. door to Starbucks and Sonic. And then Central Texas Gun and Pond is uh, on uh, Broadway and C Street, uh, 1217 Broadway. And it has a really cool mural in the back. Uh, it says. It's a beautiful mural. It's a it's a Aurora a Jolene. Yeah, mural. it's one of the and best murals in town. She's actually painting as we speak is at she? Tome Boutique. Is she really? Yeah, we're having her do some uh, some work inside the building. Oh, I'm gonna go buy it. Can I go buy and take a picture of that? Yeah, and you can come and buy your wife a Valentine's I present. Could. I absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> uh, what are we talking about next week? What's what? What do you what are you talk about next well, week? Well, so I have a my. My vibe is that I want to start talking to y'all about like all the cool stuff I saw that week, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, so for example, last yesterday, and some people are like, I don't care about this, but that's okay. Everybody's yeah. got their jam. Right. But this week, I went to a storage unit and I bought fabulous antiques out of this storage unit and brought them into my store. And I've sold, I've sold about, I don't know. 25% uh, of the items I purchased. Wow. But one of the things that I bought was this fish set, which is just a Victorian fish set. Uh -huh. So it has this like long platter with a fish on it and all the plates with fish on it. And then it has the fish knife and forks. And a fish set knife and fork, the fork is literally like needle tines so that you can pick the the bone, the meat away from the bones. Oh, wow. wow. In the Victorian era. That's very cool. Yeah, and so we just get cool stuff. And and then over at uh, Gold Cup, too, you also have like a, like a jewelry yes, a jeweler. We, well, we have Marcus Villarreal, the gem of Kerbel, right. really. And uh, he just had his cataracts, and he's like, greatest thing I ever I can did. actually see I can now. I see better. Uh, and so Marcus is over there, and he's wonderful. Marcus worked uh, for James Avery, who was one of the, the first few uh, mm -hmm. jewelers. Yeah. And then uh, he worked for uh, Designer's Choice uh, years and years ago, which is a st uh, jewelry store that was here in town. And then for, I think this is his 16th year, he's been at Gold Cup. That's amazing. And so we did some fun stuff the other day. He he uh, took a woman's, a mo her mother's ring that she never wore. It was a cocktail ring. She's like, I'll never wear it. The band is too tiny. And I was like, let's, let's morph this. Let yeah. me show you. And we, and Marcus made a custom ring and she was in love I bet. I bet. All right. Uh, good. Thank you for being here. Yeah, that was fun. awesome. That was awesome. That was See? a lot of fun. See, I knew we, I knew we'd have a great time. And I, and I made you. And I made you get off this subject. You're uh, so I know. Mad. I was so angry. <laughs> See, you, you relaxed me a little you bit. Relax. You, I, I talk I about the fun stuff. I know. I know. I. I, I want to be the fun. Okay, yeah. You know what? It's the we, Fitch fun. The stuff Fitch, right Fitch here, fun yeah. day. <laughs> Wednesdays with Rachel Fitch here. Uh, tomorrow, uh, Delane Sigmund will be back with us tomorrow talking about. Uh, we're going to talk about the public defender's office and uh, that. And then Friday, I've got something planned. I'm, we'll talk Super Bowl. I'm really, really looking forward to the Super Bowl. I love the NFL. Some of you people don't like the NFL. The heck with you. I love it. I think it's been the best season possibly ever. Of There's all been, time. Well, it's just so many great storylines. Uh, they're going to play in um, uh, the, the game in Los Angeles at Jerry World Number 2, which is uh, an incredible facility. And the Rams are the home team in that game. But I, I'm a Rams guy. I love the Rams. But I think Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati – if I'm betting, I might be betting on those guys. I'm sure there's action I can get somewhere in Texas on this. But 
Anyway, all right, everybody. Thanks a lot for joining us here on a Wednesday. Thank you, Rachel Fitch. It was welcome. awesome. Until hey, next Wednesday, guys. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Uh, we'll see you. And then, uh, by the way, Monday. We're not only going to have, we're, it's going to be like a bonus week. We're going to have Natalie Pepin on and Robert O'Keefe. That'll be fun. That'll be a lot, a lot of, of love. A lot of love. <laughs> we'll see you guys on, uh, on, on Thursday. Bye.